Good morning. It's 8.30 on Tuesday, May 16th. I'm Desiree Frazier. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, initial rulings are coming in on a highly contested public safety law. A barrier for single parents to get child care assistance is removed. Plus, some federal call center employees in Mississippi are demanding higher pay. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. A Hines County Chancery Court judge has found a highly contested public safety law doesn't violate the state constitution. Our Lacey Alexander speaks with attorney Cliff Johnson, director of the MacArthur Justice Center. He's representing the plaintiffs in this case. He says they'll appeal the court's decision. They argue the law dilutes the voting power of Hines County residents. To our disappointment, Judge Thomas ruled today that the plaintiffs had not stated a claim of unconstitutionality in regard to House Bill 1020 and the appointment of judges to the Hines County Circuit Court, and he dismissed our claim. He, he discussed his concerns and, and his consideration of the background of passing the statute, but made the point that this is not a case where the intent of the legislature is at issue. That determination will be made in a separate federal court case. And Judge Thomas, I think, recognized that this case, as everyone has known from the beginning, will be decided in the Mississippi Supreme Court. So he issued a final judgment and made reference to the fact that it is now properly positioned for an appeal. What was you guys' reaction? Were you kind of expecting this or were you kind of, obviously you were hoping for a different outcome, but do you agree at all with the judge's opinion? Do you see the holes that he sees? Tell me what the conversations between your team are right now. Well, I, I think it's difficult to know what a court will do. And I, I quit trying to guess that a long time ago. We felt very good about our arguments. We obviously believe that we're correct on the law. We wouldn't have brought the claim if we didn't think that we were correct. So we're disappointed with the decision, um, but we're certainly not disappointed with the seriousness with which Judge Thomas took this um, undertaking. I mean, it, you you know, and anyone who was in the courtroom knows that Judge Thomas was focused. He stated that he thought this was one of the most important cases of his career, and he clearly worked very hard. That's all we can ask. Now, we certainly think that we were correct on the law, and, and he disagrees with us. Um, ultimately, that's a decision uh, that'll be made by the Mississippi Supreme Court as to as to whether Judge Thomas made the proper legal decision. Uh, but but we certainly can't complain about the seriousness with which the case was taken here in the lower court. Your case went in one direction, and we've heard in a federal courtroom, Judge Wingate did um, approve a restraining order to the NAACP. Talk to me about those differences, why those judges kind of took different routes and how they handled their respective cases, you think? We initially got a delay in our state court case of these appointments, which was important. And then um, Judge Wingate canceled the hearing that he had scheduled in light of the delay that Judge Thomas imposed. Um, and then we got a subsequent opinion from Judge Thomas um, extending that delay uh, through five o'clock yesterday. Um, in the meantime, Judge Wingate issued a new order 
granting a temporary restraining order through May 22nd. So appointments that were due to be made on May the 6th were delayed by Judge Thomas through May 14th and now being delayed by Judge Wingate through May 22nd, which I think is an indication that both of these courts, both of these judges are taking this matter very seriously. The cases are different, and, and, it, and there are important distinctions. We have asserted claims in our case that are very specifically tailored to the plain language of the Mississippi Constitution. And we say that if you focus on the plain language of Section 153 that says that we elect our circuit court judges, that they shall be elected by the people, that the analysis begins and ends with that analysis of the, of the Constitution, with that language in the Constitution. The federal court case is, is very different. It, it looks comprehensively at House Bill 1020 and Senate Bill 2343, Capitol Police, appointment of judges, the creation of a new court, and it gets at discriminatory intent, claims that what the legislature was up to were motivated by discriminatory intent. As Judge Thomas recognized in his ruling today, he he couldn't he couldn't consider that he he wasn't required to determine whether they were good motives or bad motives behind House Bill 1020. So they're two very different cases, and, and they're on two very different tracks. So what what happens in the Mississippi Supreme Court um, on our appeal will be very separate from what happens in the federal court before Judge Wingate, and I suspect ultimately before the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. What is the path forward for you guys? I assume there will be an appeal process. How are you guys looking uh, to the future now that this decision has been handed down? We certainly plan to appeal. We'll be filing our notice of appeal. We'll ask the court for an expedited schedule so that we can move quickly to oral arguments on this case and so that a decision can be made by the Supreme Court prior to the effective date of, of House Bill 1020, which is July 1st. And educate us how that appeal case needs to look different to reach the goal you guys have. Well, it's not as if we'll be reframing our arguments or trying to come up with a, with a, a new tactic or, or, a, or a new claim. This is, a, this is a review of the decision that the lower court made. So the Supreme Court will take up these same arguments and, and make a determination as to whether they agree with what it is that Judge Thomas decided we'll make the same arguments about the plain language of the Constitution, the, the extent to which the legislature is limited in its power, and the problems with um, appointing four judges to the Hines County Circuit Court for a period of you know, 42 months, uh, just less than the 48 months that a, that a judge serves, serves in a full term. So all of those arguments will be the same. It, it will just be a review of the decision that Judge Thomas has made, and the Supreme Court will tell us whether or not they think he got it right. What's interesting to me is that your plaintiffs were citizens. It wasn't a big entity. It was people that live in Jackson. When you guys got the decision, what what did you communicate to those residents, to those plaintiffs? What was your message to them? Well, that, that this isn't the end. We, we communicated to them what we said from the beginning, how proud we are of them for standing up, how proud we are to be their lawyers. I thought the most compelling part of the hearing was their testimony, where they got to talk about their pride as residents of Jackson, how much they love this place, how much they care about voting, how much this legislation impacts them. 
thought it was very powerful. I thought it was the most important thing, far more important than anything that I said as a lawyer or any other lawyers said. So we told them what we said from the beginning, that this is a long fight, that it's not going to be determined in the Chancery Court. We had told them ahead of time that even if the judge ruled for us, that wouldn't be the end of the day. So they're in for the long haul. They, they knew what they were signing up for, and they are, they are not um, deterred in any way, disappointed, of course, but, but prepared to move forward. Attorney Cliff Johnson is director of the MacArthur Justice Center. Coming up, some red tape cut for single parents in need of child care assistance. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Hello, I'm Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advising firm and co-host of Money Talks. For over 10 years, Money Talks has been answering your personal financial questions and sharing knowledge about money management. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, or on your smart device's podcasting platform. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. Major changes are happening to child support in Mississippi following a recent ruling. Single parents will have less red tape to get through when seeking financial assistance. We speak with Carol Burnett, director of the Mississippi Low Income Child Initiative. She says the former requirements made the process of getting child care inefficient and slow. It just resulted in a lot of access barriers and it served as a deterrent and it was a real problem for single parents. So the Department of Human Services proposed removing that requirement. They filed the rule change with the Secretary of State's office. They had a public hearing. It's gone through the required public comment phase. So starting on Monday, May the 15th, this requirement will no longer be in place for single parents. And that change is enormously helpful for single parents accessing child care assistance that they need so much. How so? Well, uh, single parents are the sole breadwinner in their family, and frequently the single parent, most of the people who are on our state's child care payment program right now are single moms. And... Um, they are frequently working in or uh, entering jobs that are low-paying jobs. Childcare is really expensive, and so single parents really need help paying the high cost of childcare. And the childcare payment program does that. For any parent who qualifies, a parent gets a voucher. They're able to take that voucher to a childcare center that participates in the program, and the voucher pays a portion of the child care fee, which makes that fee lower and therefore a lot more affordable for a single mom. And what we know is that single moms um, need child care in order to go to work. How? What is the percentage that they get to help them pay child care? It goes by a sliding fee scale that's set by the Department of Human Services. So the lower your income the higher the voucher pays, the higher your income, the lower the voucher pays. So it depends on your family size um, and it depends on what your income is. 
But families in Mississippi earning all the way up to 85% of the state median income qualify for this child care program. So it really is designed to be a work support. Now, when you say 85%, can you put that in dollars and cents? So for a family of two, a mom can earn up to $38,000 a year and still qualify. Family of three, like a mom and two children, a mom can earn up to $46,000 a year and still qualify. So you see, it really does. And as I said earlier, the higher your income, the more the mom has to pay. But the voucher will continue to pay up to that income level. So that's what I mean about it being a work support, because the income is much higher than other public assistance programs in Mississippi, like, you know, SNAP or TANF. This is federal money? It is. It's a federal block grant called the Child Care Development Fund. It goes to all states. Um, There are a few federal rules, but the program allows states to set many of their own rules and implementation procedures. And in fact, this child support requirement was a rule that the state of Mississippi had imposed. It's not federally mandated. And so that's how it is that Mississippi is allowed to remove that requirement. That requirement, that old requirement, did the agency, do you know if they found there were a reasonable amount of people who did pay the child support or were a disproportionate amount left off of child care because of that? Well, I think they heard from us and from a number of providers and others uh, familiar with the child care assistance program that it was a real problem for single parents to comply. I mean, even where single parents were trying to cooperate, Just logistically, what it meant is that a single mom had to go both to the DHS child support division and initiate a child support case with that division. And that division had to communicate with the DHS child care division that this mom had complied. And the mom then had to separately apply for child care to the DHS child care division. So you can see it was kind of a dual application process and the logistics often got bureaucratic and cumbersome. And as a result, even where single parents were trying to cooperate, they frequently ran into difficulties. We do know that at one point it was a real concern that there was a long waiting list for child care assistance. Is that still the case? DHS says they don't have a waiting list for the child care assistance program. But when we, the Child Care Initiative, survey our network of child care centers around the state, we find that those child care centers have waiting lists of parents who are trying to get their children in. <clears throat> and what we know is those child care centers have open slots, but they still have a waiting list. And a lot of people are like, how can that be? And the reason for that is those parents that are on the waiting list are waiting to get a child care payment program voucher to make the child care affordable before they're able to get their child into the center because they can't afford to enroll their child without it. And that's the reason that we've got this situation where we've got centers with open slots, even while they have a waiting list for parents waiting to get into the program. Do you have any idea how many Mississippi families are receiving this aid? Um, I believe last year DHS reported that they served 
around 30,000 children, um, maybe a little more than 30,000 children. And we estimate there are about 112,000 children in the state that qualify. So you can see that there's a big difference between those children were able to serve and those who qualify and need to be served. So we're always pushing for this program to have a bigger reach and serve more eligible children. So that would be an issue on the federal level to get more funding. Correct. Yes, exactly. And there are some recommend there's some proposals that are um, being put forward in Congress right now. There's one proposal to significantly increase funding specifically for this child care assistance program. There's also a bill, uh, Child Care for Working Families Act, that's being proposed in Congress, and we don't know uh, how those measures are going to fare in Congress. But I do know that there is um, recognition across the country, especially since the pandemic, when the need for child care had such a spotlight shined on it, um, that there has been an increasing push across the country for a bigger public investment in child care. Carol Burnett, thank you so much for your time and speaking with us. Thanks for having me. Carol Burnett is director of the Mississippi Low Income Child Initiative. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Get your MPB car tag anytime. It doesn't even have to be up for renewal. Simply go to your county office to sign up. When you get an MPB car tag, a portion of the fee helps MPB continue to educate, inform, and entertain Mississippians. For details, visit mpbonline.org slash car tag. We'll see you on the road. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. Folks who work for one of the largest federally contracted call centers in the nation are protesting in Hattiesburg. They claim wages offered by the company Maximus are unfair and they're demanding better protections. Although they've been protesting off and on for more than two years, employees say major needs remain unmet. Lakeisha Preston of Lawrence County is employed by Maximus and works from home. She speaks with our Lacey Alexander about their concerns, including one that focuses on protecting mothers during the Mother's Day season. We're protesting daily because we want people to see, hey, we're we're still here. We're still wanting more. We're still needing more. And we're not going to stop. You know, we're not going to let this go just because you give us a little bit of what we asked for. That doesn't mean that we want all of what we deserve, a mother. And why mother specifically? I, I've read some data where there's a lot of female employees at Maximus. Why do you guys want to lift the workers that are mothers specifically? Well, mainly we're wanting to um, do something for the mothers for Mother's Day. We're passing out roses to support our mothers, um, mainly because we do work hard as a mother. We have children to take care of. We take care of everyone that we could possibly can as much as possible. So we are reaching out to all the mothers to let them know we appreciate them and we love them. When you go to the protest, what do you want your big message to be to the bosses over at Maximus? What message are you guys going to send to those leaders? Mainly when we move, they move just like this. 
Gotcha. And what are some of the things that you want to change in that entity? Kind of take me back to when these protests first started. What are some of the biggest reasons that people are protesting right now? We're protesting more of the pay rate, what we deserve, um, our health, discrimination, um, racism, abuse from callers. Um, We are trying to get aware of uh, everyone that you deserve better, you deserve more. Uh, Promotions, we are raising aware of everything is possible. Uh, Whatever is wrong and not right, staff, management, we needed to be right. And I understand that you work for the Hattiesburg location, but these protests are happening at Maximus locations all over the place. Do you, Have you guys seen any change or have you guys seen them have any kind of response since these protests started? Um, most of their response are there that they are asking us if we... Uh, what's the problem? What? How can they fix the problem? They are um, again. They we the rates, uh, pay rates have got raised have raised up, of course. But that's along with um, President Biden um, signing off on that. So I mean, at the same time, we're trying to make sure that everyone knows that they have they have a voice. We have a voice. And when was the last protest that you guys held, and did you go to that one as well? The last one we held was, I believe, I didn't go to that one, so I don't remember when we did, not right off the head, because I didn't get a chance to go to that one. And then how many people do you expect will show up? As many as possible. We don't even need to have a whole a whole lot of people. It could be 10. As long as our voice is going, it could be 10. But we are expecting as many as possible. How long have you been with Maximus? Um, eight years, going on eight years now. Oh, wow. So as someone who's been working there for quite a long time, you know the flaws. You know what needs to change. Um, what have you seen in your eight years there? Again, with the pay rate, they have changed. Um, our health deductibles have changed uh, because of those protesting on that when I was on that one. Um, they have tried. They have been trying to give us a heads up on how we can reach out in the chain of command if there's any issues. They do allow us to ask questions, but sometimes our questions may not be answered right off or it's not in policy or they tell us to go by policy on something. So a lot of things have changed, yes, but at the same time, again, they only give us enough to keep us there or to keep us bound there. Is there anything else you'd like to say or anything else you'd like to touch on that maybe I forgot to ask you today? I'm just glad to be a part of something that is wonderful. I'm glad to be a part of it. It's a change and it needs to happen. Lakeisha, thank you so much. No problem. Thank you. Lakeisha Preston is one of the hundreds of employees at Maximus, a call center that handles much of the federal government's contracts for Medicare and Medicaid so that people can call them for information. This has been Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio.